Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Gospel of John chapter 2, starting there at verse 13. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. That could cause some trouble, don't you think? <laughs> That's some trouble right there. He makes a, what's he doing with that little scourge? He's whipping those sheep and he's making sure he's whipping those guys. He's throwing those tables over. The Lord Jesus Christ is getting on to these guys. In verse 16, And said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. Amen. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal, the zeal of thine house had to eat me up. I want to preach this morning on having zeal for God. Having zeal for God. I want you to notice that when Jesus Christ had all this zealousness for the Lord God, it was zealousness towards his father's house. You won't find Jesus Christ, and at, their, at that time there was no doubt what we would call houses of prostitution. There was no doubt lots of evil places Jesus Christ could have went into, and Jesus Christ did go by lots of evil places. But you don't find Jesus Christ making a scourge and going and whipping sinners. He didn't go what he did. Jesus Christ got zealous for God and for the things of God. You don't see him burning down abortion clinics or burning down whorehouses are burning. Jesus Christ didn't do anything like that. Jesus Christ loved on sinners. He tried to witness to sinners. He tried to get down on their level. But when it came to the things of God, Jesus Christ was very zealous. And if you notice when he calls them vipers and venomous snakes, and a lot of times when you hear Jesus Christ offending somebody, he's attacking religious leaders. He's attacking the pastors and the preachers of that day. And I'm here to tell you, if Jesus Christ was to come back, he would go right into some of these houses. He's going to kick some of these preachers out from behind the pulpit. I guarantee you. And I hope I'm not one of them. You know, pray, pray, I'm praying about that. I hope I'm not one of them. But the Lord's going to come clean his house up. He's got zeal for his own house. He's not going to go down to the abortion clinics or the bars. He's going to come right in here. He's going to clean things up. But we need to have a zeal for God. And I'm going to show you, there's going to be seven things I'm going to show you. Why we need and how we need and what we should do when we have this zeal like Jesus Christ. It's the zeal of thine house of eating me up. We as Christians need to be more zealous for God. Amen. Hey guys, the world is zealous for what they believe in. They're zealous for evolution. They're zealous for the gay rights movement. They're zealous for their sin. They're very zealous for what they believe in. And as Christians, we've been sitting back. We've been sleeping and we've been slumbering and we've been sitting on our couch and we haven't been zealous for the things of God. And it shows. It shows that people are not zealous for the things of God. You go down Brownwood on Saturday morning around 1030 in the morning, there will be 14 people out on the side of the road with signs, ah, waving them and making fools of themselves, trying to raise money for this and that and car, car washes for baseball tournaments and football tournaments and basketball tournaments and, and they're all over the sides of the road. You can't go down the road without seeing 14 different people with signs and waving. They'll be out in the middle of the road trying to get your attention. But let somebody stand on the side of the road with a sign that has scripture on it 
And I'm here to tell you what goes through a lot of people's minds is they need to take that back home with them. But when you start getting zealous for the things of God, say, you know, I'm going to stand on this corner and I want to make a, I want to make, not even make a fool of yourself. I'm not talking about waving a sign. Just hold a sign for God on a street corner and it drives the world nuts. When you get just a little bit zealous for God. Amen. Well, guys, I think it's time we need to get zealous for God. Amen. You know, they're getting, they, I, I'll be honest with you. I turn on the TV. I can't even hardly watch the news. I get so upset. And this stuff starts, it, I don't know any other way to say it, but it gets under my skin. And I'm thinking, you know what? I think it's high time we start getting under their skin. Amen. We still got rights in this country, thank God. We still have rights in this country to say what we want to say, how we want to say it. We better use those rights up while we still have them. <laughs> Numbers 25. Let's look at this. Numbers 25. We better start using these rights while we have them. There's going to come a time we won't be able to do it. I thought I'd never, I, I've heard preachers preach that when I was a kid, and I thought, oh, they just, they're just being over dramatic. They don't, now that I'm living in 2015, I believe it with all my heart. There's going to come a time really soon where you're not going to be able to say what you want to say. And I'm not just talking about it. See, I work at a job where I have to watch what I say at my job, or they'll fire me. They'll, they'll sit in that break room and they'll cuss like they're coming from a seven-year cruise on a sailor ship. Talk about stuff that would make a sailor blush. But if I say one of the wrong things about homosexuality, <laughs> off with his head, it's coming. And it's going to come a time where you're going to be in public. You're not going to be able to say what you want to say and how you want to say it. We need to have zeal for God right now while we can. <laughs> Look at Numbers chapter 25, verse 1. This is... This is the kind of stories that you can't hardly preach them, but I love them. I love the Bible for these kind of stories. Numbers chapter 25, verse 1. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab, which is exactly what God told them not to do. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people, these people that are committing all these crimes, these sins by worshiping false gods, and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one of his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. So he says, Gather all these people that are worshiping these false gods. God tells Moses, Go take them. I want you to hang them up in front of everybody in the sun. I want you to hang them up. This is what God told Moses to do. Look at verse 6. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman. This is the same kind of woman that's leading everybody astray, okay? This is the same kind of woman that's leading all these men to worship false gods. Women, you have a lot of control over your man. Women have a lot of control over their man. As a woman, if you, you can lead your man astray just like that. I don't know how many men I know that are in the Jehovah's Witness or they're in these false religions simply because that's what their wife wants to do. And they'll get married, and I'll hear them. These men will go, well, I was a Baptist when I got married, but my wife was a Church of Christ, so I just started going to the Church of Christ. Why don't you get the pants on the family and make her go to your Baptist church? Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother George, because his wife's in here with him in the Baptist church. I don't, I don't understand that. You're the man. Why don't you be the religious leader of your household? Letting your wife play. That's what's going on here. The women were running it. And that's what's, y'all women have a lot of power over us idiots. Well, us, us men, we love you. And we want to keep your love. And we, if we, we think you're going to give, get, not take our love because we won't follow you, we'll do stupid things. They're worshiping false gods because of women. That's how Solomon was destroyed. You remember? And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle 
of the congregation. These men were crying out to God in front of the tabernacle, in front of the temple. They were crying out to God. They were weeping because of what Israel had been doing. They were repentant. They were trying to get right with God. And they were doing those things that God wants them to do, which is fall down and to weep over their sins. They were crying out to God. At this same time, here comes this man, and he brings his Midianitish woman that had been causing all the trouble. Brings it right in front of everybody. Let's see what happens. Verse 7. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it. He saw what was going on. He rose up from among the congregation and he took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. He sees what's going on, and that this priest, he just grabs up a javelin. We call it a spear. And he just chases them in a tent. They're like, no, no, no. And he just, ah, he just right through both of them. <laughs> Kills them. Let's see what God thinks about that. In verse 9, it says, And those that died in the plague were 24,000. 24,000 people died when God was killing them out. Verse 10, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, this is what God says, the son of Aaron the priest, had turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake among them, that I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Wherefore say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace. This is God speaking. And he shall have it, and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood. Why? Because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement for the children of Israel. God says, you know when Phinehas did that? I like that. He was very zealous for me. And for that, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with him. Now, guys, we don't have a javelin today. It would be a sin for you to pick up a javelin today. Yes, it would. It would be a sin for you living in the New Testament under the age of grace to pick up a javelin and kill sin. But you got a sword. God's given you a sword. Amen. Amen. He's given you a sword. We need to be zealous for God. Amen. Guys, you got a weapon. We need to be zealous to stomp out sin. And that's the first thing you need to learn about zealousness. You need to be zealous to stomp out sin. Stomp it out. We can't go stomp it out over in the world, amen, but you for sure can stomp it out in your household. Don't put up with it. You put up a little bit of this, it just starts growing and growing and growing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you give a little bit of an inch, they're going to take a mile. So how zealous are you, Brother Keegan? Well, I'm kind of a little, I'm kind of kooky. (laughs) Y'all know that. I thought for sure, amen, brother, thank you. A little kooky. There's been a couple of times I found beer in my refrigerator, and it wasn't Brother Keegan that put it there, and it wasn't my wife that put it there. And I'm here to tell you, when I found anything like that in my refrigerator, it gets poured out right down the sink, right down the sink. And I wait for somebody to say something to me. Oh, I wait for somebody to say something to me about it. I wish. And you know what's funny? Nobody's ever come up to me and confronted me about it. I'm zealous for my hatred for the sin of alcohol. See, I think it's a sin. I think drinking's a sin. And I'm going to my grave thinking that. I don't care how much people backslid and started thinking it's all right. It's a sin. It's, it's of the devil. It ruins more people's lives. And if you were a preacher like me and had to minister to people that are caught up in the sin of alcohol, you'd feel the same way too. You live out You don't see what's going on in people's lives. We need to have a zeal to stomp out sin around us. And listen to me, listen to me. We need to have a zeal to stomp out sin in our own lives. We need to have a zeal above all else, a zeal to stomp out what's going on in our own lives. You have sins start rising up, stomp that sucker out. Pull out that sword, just cut its head off. Don't put up with it. Because you let sin creep into your life. I'm telling you, you're going to let a little bit of sin creep up in your life. And it just starts growing 
and growing and growing, and then God's going to have to take it. You'd rather you take care of it than to let God take care of it. Amen. Stomp that sin out, and you should be zealous for this stuff. You see how zealous he was? And God commended him because he was zealous to stomp that stuff out and say, we're going to get rid of this sin right now. And he just got a jab. That was pretty bold, wasn't it? Just get a javelin and ah, you just kill them right in their tent. You need to take the word of God and you need to be cutting some stuff up. Amen. God, look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 139. You need to be zealous to stomp out sin. God hates sin. So how much does he hate sin, Brother Keegan? He will send you to hell for sin. He hates sin. God hates it. And we need to be zealous to hate it too. And to call sin, sin. Look at Psalm 119, 139. My zeal, my zeal, my zeal hath consumed me. Why? Because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. We need to have a zeal for the word of God. Let's go without saying it. But we should have a zeal for the words of God. We should have a zeal for reading the Word of God. We should have a zeal for hearing the Word of God preached. We should have a zeal for songs that are sung about the Word of God. You should have a zeal for the Word of God. You should have a zeal to have the Word of God up on the walls of your house. You should have a zeal for the Word of God. Nobody else is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's the Word of God that's going to save you. It's the Word of God that tells you about Jesus Christ. And here it says, the psalmist says, My zeal that consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. We should have a zeal to tell the world what God says about things out of the Bible. You know what the problem is? We don't know what God says about things out of the Bible. That's the problem. You don't know what God says. So how are you going to tell them what God says when you don't read it? you got to read it, you got to memorize it, and you got to get it out there. you got to have a zeal for the Word of God. Guys, this church will get on fire for God when we have a zeal for the words of God. Amen. We'll, be on, we'll be zealous. Now, I didn't even give you the definition of zeal, but a good definition... I have an 1828 Webster's Dictionary is a passionate adore in the pursuit of anything. Adore is a heat or hot. Like you're very passionate and you're on fire for anything. Uh, a word a lot of people use today is enthusiasm. They don't even realize what they're saying. Enthusiasm is, comes from the Greek in, like in, you, in putting something in, in, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, that's theos, that's God, that's God in you. So when somebody says enthusiasm, it's like let God be in you working. That's where that word comes from. That's enthusiasm. A zeal. Get excited about some things. Don't just sit on your rear end all your life. Get up and do something for the Lord. Have some zeal. Zeal is okay. The world's not going to like it. They're going to call you a Bible thumper. This is Anna. And if you look at her post, she posted on Facebook. She's got a rainbow flag over her and her lesbian lover. I guess they're going to try to get married now. This is, this is what she said. I don't understand why people think today's ruling is unconstitutional. That's the ruling for uh, allowing gays to get married. The freedom of religious liberty applies to all. And she says, and for the record, I am a Christian. That's what she says. But my beliefs vary from these holier-than-thou Bible thumpers. You holier-than-thou Bible thumper. That's what I am. I have a great zeal for the Word of God. And I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to right there in your lesbian face. That's what I'm going to do. That's kind of obnoxious. When you get zealous, you get a little obnoxious. You don't think it wasn't very obnoxious when Jesus was turning over the money tables, whipping out those oxen, and yelling at them? You don't think that was just a little bit obnoxious? And the disciples, they stood back and said, they remembered the verse that said, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Won't you let the zeal of God eat you up sometime? And marriage licenses are issued by the state, not the church, and there is supposed to be separation of church and state. So if you want to cram your beliefs down my throat, 
and pretend you're perfect, unfriend me. I'm not even on Facebook to friend you. And if you believe differently than me, you think I'm going to hell because of who I love, that is fine and I have no issue with you. She says, if you believe differently than me, you think I'm going to hell because of who I love, that is fine and I have no issue with you. We are all protected by the Constitution and deserve our own opinions. You're right about that. But when I have an opinion that goes against this, you want to throw me in jail and find me and run me out of business as a baker or as a preacher, or as the city of Brownwood. I don't have an opinion, because when I have my own opinion, you call me a hate monger. A zeal for the word of God. It eats me up. There's my zeal that consume me because my enemies have forgotten the words of God. You're a Bible thumper. I'm a Bible thumper because you've forgotten what God said. I'm not telling you what I say. This is what God said. And the zeal of God has eaten me up. Jesus Christ says, it stirred me up. He says, get over there. And he's throwing the money tables. He says, I've eaten up with this stuff. Don't be calling yourself a Christian and believe that way. I'm reading that because she says she's a Christian. That's the stuff that eats me up. If you're a homosexual and you're an atheist, that's what I expect you to say. I wouldn't expect anything else. But why would a Christian say that? That's the stuff that gets me zealous. It gets me eaten up. It's what I'm telling you about Jesus Christ. It's not what the lost people are doing. It's the people that say they're Christians are doing. <laughs> this is stuff. That's why Christianity's in the trouble it's in. Don't be zealous for the words of God. They've forgotten it. They don't understand it. Look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let's go on. Let's move on. We don't have a friend at work. A joker knows his name's Howard Whitney. The old man Howard Whitney. Howard Whitney's a character. He's a co- he's an ex cop. He's a policeman in early for a long time. I think they run him out of early because he's giving too many tickets. This guy's famous. Howard Whitney's famous because he gave his own wife a ticket. And I asked him about that one time. I said, "I heard you gave you know me. I'm so stupid. I don't I don't have any sense." Like, I heard you gave your own wife a ticket. Yep, I sure did. And I told her, "Honey, if you speed down there one more time, I'm gonna give you a ticket." I said, what happened at your house when you gave her a ticket? She didn't talk to me for a long time. (laughs) And they got a divorce, too. But Howard Whitney, he told me the other day, and he's not a very religious man. He's a Christian, but he doesn't talk a lot about God. But he came up to me and he said yesterday, or this was not yesterday, this was Friday, I think. He came up to me at work and he said, you know what? When we get raptured out of here, which surprised me he even knew about the rapture. He goes, when we get raptured out of here, Keegan, he goes, you know what I think? He goes, I I have my own beliefs about what God's going to say. But he said, I have my own beliefs of what God's going to say. And he goes, I believe God's just going with a big, booming voice after we're raptured out of here. He's going with a big, booming voice. He's going to say, what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> uh, if you watch Cool Hand Luke, you know what that's all about. <laughs> what we have here is a failure to communicate. I started laughing. I said, man, that's, that's almost Bible right there. Amen, brother. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So the third thing you need to do is you need to have a zeal of God according to knowledge. You can't just be zealous for God and not be knowledgeable. The last thing you want to do is have a zeal for God and be wrong. (laughs) Some of these people have a zealousness for God and they're wrong about what God says. They'll get right up in your face. God doesn't, God accepts homosexuality. God, you don't know God. You're wrong. See, that's the Jehovah's Witness. That's the Mormons. They have a zeal for God. Amen. They're willing to get out and knock on all those doors and do all those things for God. But they're wrong as wrong could be. But not according to knowledge. Guys, so when you start getting zealous for God, the main thing you want to make sure is that you're doing it according to knowledge. 
You want to be zealous because you've got the truth. And the truth will set you free. It'll make you free. You don't want to be zealous for God when you've got the wrong thing. You're not just wasting your time. And that's what Paul's saying. For I bear the record, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So the third thing you need to know is, when you have this zeal for God, at least make sure you're right. <laughs> well, how do you know, brother? How do you know if you got the right knowledge? It's out of the Word of God. You look at the Jehovah's Witnesses, and you know what they'll do? The Mormons, the Catholic Church, these different people, they're zealous for God, but what they'll do is they'll change the Word of God, they'll ignore the Word of God, and they'll erase the Word of God. All three of those things. They'll change it, they'll ignore it, and they'll erase it. Don't be that way. You accept the Word of God. You say, well, Brother Keegan, I don't understand what that says. Well, then don't be zealous about it. There's lots of things in the Word of God I don't understand, but I'm not zealous about it. But the things I do understand that I understand 100%, oh, yeah. I'm hot on fire, zealous for God for that stuff. That Jesus Christ is the only way. That Jesus Christ is coming again. That Jesus Christ will save you from those sins. That's how I can be so zealous. That's how I want to try to preach with authority. That's why I keep preaching this Word, because it's in here. I believe it. I know that's what it says, and I can preach it zealously. But when you don't understand it, you say, well, I don't know if I really get that, Brother Keegan. But then there's other things to be zealous about. There's a lot of other things in the Word of God to be zealous about. But whatever you do, be zealous for God. Be zealous, be zealous for God. Okay, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2, Paul says, For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago. Now notice he says, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Paul says your zeal has provoked very many. Now, guys, what the fourth thing you need to know about zeal is zeal can be contagious. Yes, it is. Zeal is very contagious. The looting you see on TV, when you see looters and you see people going into a big riot on TV, that started because somebody was zealous and they started throwing rocks through windows. They started getting after And then what happens? Other people get involved and before long you have thousands of people looting. Well, how did that happen? Because that zealousness is contagious. Amens bring out more amens. Some of y'all, you, sometimes it just takes somebody's amen and, and then it gets other people zealous and they start getting zealous for God and that just kind of stirs it up. You know what that is? There's a fire, right? Zealousness is a fire. It's being hot. It's being passionate. It's a fire. That's like when well, you like throwing gasoline on the fire, amen. amen. Yeah, you get zealous and then somebody else says amen and, or somebody else gets zealous and that's just, that's just some people throwing more, more coal on the fire, more gasoline on the fire. Let's see how hot we can get this thing. See, the darkness is engulfing this country. The darkness is engulfing this country. We need to be bright, as bright as we can be. And the more zealous you are, the more bright your light is, the more attention you're getting. John Wesley used to say, what I do is I like the light of, when I'm preaching, I like the light of fire. And they'll come and see me burn. Amen. I was reading this story about Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday told the story that there was a fire. Now, this is back at the drought at about 1910. There was a fire at a church in the local town. And when, at that time, the fire department was basically everybody would run and help out at the fire. Amen. Bring their buckets and everything. When this church caught on fire, there was a local atheist. And everybody in town knew this guy was an atheist. And when he was running to the fire, somebody else was running with him. And they turned to him and they said, well, I've never seen you go to church giving this atheist a hard time. And that atheist turned around to the guy and said, well, I've never seen a church on fire. I've never seen a church on fire. We need to be a church on fire. I'm telling you, when you get a church on fire for God, and you get a church that's zealous for God, some people will come in here not because they agree with everything that's being preached, not because they agree with everything that's being done. They just want to see it burn. 
I remember coming back from, oh no, I was coming back from Abilene, I seen this big bright light in the sky, and I was like, what is that? And I got closer and closer, this huge light, and it looked like, and I got down over the top of this hill over by Santa Ana, and there was this huge, you can see this huge fire down in there, this is night time. So what am I going to do? Well, I just went on home and went on to bed. No, no, I got to go find out what's on fire, amen. So I go over there, and they were burning this field. And it was, I don't know how many acres, guys, but they had a bunch of piles piled up. And somebody decided they're going to burn all those piles. You know what was interesting about that? When I pulled up there, there were literally thousands of people lined up in cars everywhere. What were they doing? Watching it burn. They don't see fire every day. Yeah, they do. But, man, people love to watch stuff burn. Get on fire for God, and people will watch you burn. You'll be a brighter light for Jesus Christ. Zeal is contagious. Look at Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, verse 13. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Hierapolis. Paul's commending him because this is a great zeal for you. Guys, we need to have a zeal for other brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. That's what we need to have a zeal for. We really need to be zealous for loving each other and brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus Christ said they'll know you by the love that they have one for another. They should know that we are Christians because of the love we have for one another. If they come in through these doors, they should know, hey, I might not agree with the preaching. I might not agree with everything they believe. But there's one thing I can say. They love one another. Paul said over in Romans, he said, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 14. And this is the sixth one. He gave himself for us, talking about Christ, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself, purify unto Jesus Christ, a peculiar people, a strange people, peculiar people. What kind of people? Why are they peculiar? Zealous of good works. You need to be zealous to do good things. You need to be zealous to do good works. You need to put your money where your mouth is. You need to start being zealous to do good things. Stop being so zealous. That's the way the world is. The world is very zealous to do things that pleases themselves. They're zealous to find out, what can I do to make myself happy? What can I do to please me? They're very zealous about that. And they'll go to great lengths. They're very zealous about that. Guys, God says you need to be zealous for good works. Otherwise, you need to stop being zealous for yourself. And good works involves being zealous for other people. Christianity is all about others. I'm reading this biography by, it's about David Wilkerson. He's a great man of God. And uh, he, was a, he was a Pentecostal preacher, you know, and I'm a Baptist. But he's a great man of God, did a lot of great things. They did the movie about him. He wrote the book of The Cross and the Switchblade. And they made the movie The Cross. And the... He, went, he went down in Manhattan with all these gangs. And here's this old country boy, Pentecostal preacher, white bread, goes down among all these gangs trying to lead them to Jesus Christ. He just had a heart for them. He would just cry over them. And they respected him for it. But he was zealous for God. And I want to read you what this guy, Nicky, this guy, the, the movie was based on this guy, Nicky. And this is what he said about, about Brother Wilkerson. He said, Brother Wilkerson said to him, he said, he told me on the street, I'm here to give you a message from heaven. Jesus loves you. He's telling him this in the middle of the street. All these gangs, these gang activities. I'm here to tell you this message is from heaven that Jesus loves you. He said, a boldness came over him. And for me to see a transformation like that, I knew it was a spiritual change. A beautiful one. And it rapidly controlled the situation. When Brother Wilkerson was saying that to him, he said, I could literally, the zeal of his heart, I could tell that it was changing. It was a spiritual thing. And listen to what he said. This is what Brother Wilkerson said to this gangster. You can kill me. You can cut me in a thousand pieces and throw me into the street and every little piece will arise and cry out, Jesus loves you. That was when Brother Wilkerson beat the devil right there and he got me. That's what this gangster said. Brother Wilkerson's zeal to tell him about Jesus Christ is what broke this wicked, murderous sinner to accept in Jesus Christ and changed the world because he had a zeal to do good works. Let's look at one more. 
Revelation. Turn to Revelation chapter 3, please. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. Jesus says here, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. See, the Lord loves you. That's why he spanks you. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Guys, above all else, in closing, you need to be zealous to get right with Jesus Christ. You need zealous to get down on your knees and ask Jesus to forgive you. Ask Jesus to show you the things to do. You need to be zealous to get right with Jesus Christ. Why is that so important, Brother Keegan? Because I'm here to tell you, we might seem before the day ends. You know, it worries me to think of these Christians living out in the world and just doing what they want to do and ignoring God and ignoring Jesus Christ. And God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is convicting them, is rebuking them, is spanking them. And they don't know why their life's miserable. They don't know why the finances are in shambles. They don't know why things don't go right. They don't know why they're in bad health. And God keeps rebuking them. God keeps spanking them. And I, I, I fear for them because what if God takes their life? Or what if Jesus Christ comes back and they stand before God? Stand before Jesus Christ and not be right. Oh, they're going to go to heaven. But man, what? just like Peter. Remember what happened to Peter? He was denying the Lord and denying the Lord and denying the Lord. And all it took was for Jesus Christ to look at him. Jesus just gave him that look. And Peter seen the look on Jesus' face and turned and went and wept bitterly. Guys, I don't want to get up to heaven. I know I'm saved. I don't want to get up to heaven and see my Savior's face and see a look of disappointment. Because we didn't do all we could do for the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. I just don't want to be that way. I don't want to see that look on his face. I'd rather get up to heaven and him look at me and see it and give me a smile and say, You know, you're sorry, no good. You were zealous. You tried. You're just an old sorry dog, but you tried. Lord, I just want to try for you, Lord. I don't want to stand before the Lord and him give me that look. I'm disappointed in you. Don't we all want to hear the Lord say, Well done my good and faithful servant. Well, you're not going to get anything done for him if you're not zealous. Hey, this is Keegan Hall, the pastor of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Uh, We're just trying to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in every way we can, and we hope we were a blessing to you. Now, if you're listening, you're not saved. We want you to be saved. That's our deepest prayer. We're doing all this so people can get the gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that he died for your sin. And if you're willing to admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, if you go to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to save you, he'll come in and save you. Now, honestly, I can tell you, when I've done that, Jesus Christ was the best thing ever happened to me. And if you'd like to contact us, you can contact us through the web at IndianGapBaptist.com. It has all our information, how to get to our church. That's IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.